Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. All right, before we get into today's episode, I do want to thank the patrons. I'm talking on the, on the quiet side here because it is like four in the morning and I get up early Um like on Mondays and Tuesdays to work on podcasting stuff and I'm trying not to wake my family. So that's why I'm kind of whispering and also hoarse drinking my first cup of coffee. But let's thank the patrons and do this shit. I want to start with the people who I consider to be the diehards, the upper tier patrons like Brad Dahl, Dan Gerwin. Thank you, Dan, out there in California. Appreciate it. Dan is uh, always there for us, so we appreciate your support, Dan. Chris Riley, Stephen Saylor in PA. Stephen, hope you're doing well. Steve Hoker in NJ. Mike Jones in NJ. Matt Carroll. Matt, you have to remind me where you are. I'm looking. Is it is it the UK? I, you have to remind me where you're at, Matt. And uh, the other folks on Patreon. Patreon. Obviously, I've just woken up. Literally, I've I've just rolled out of bed. Uh, Andrew Miller, David Gray, Drake, Fred Roots, Glenn Watson, James Bennett, Jason Seth, Jeremy Weltman, Joe Ryan, Joe Vancheri, Mario Charance in Switzerland, right? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Metal Dan, Michael Street, Sam Soupy, Sean Richmond, Steven Rodriguez, Tommy Anderson, Anthony Mackey, who was on the last episode of this podcast, Jerry from Long, Jerry from Long Island. Wow, I'm not with it right now. Uh, Gregory Muse, Jean Eugene DX, Jean Francois Blas, Johan over in Sweden, the cook, the chef, John Bovari, Kenny McCrimson, Leo from Alaska. Leo, I read your comments about bands getting back together like Rat and whatnot. Um, I I can see where you're coming from there. Richard Langridge and, of course, Ron Keel. Yeah, that Ron Keel. Um, Guys, I do a weekly email. I'd love to have you join me on that email. I think most of you are on it, but 
spread the word about it. You can sign up on markstriegel.net and it gives you everything you need to know about what I'm up to with all the podcasts. It's for everyone. You don't have to be a patron or Patreon or whatever. It's free and it I put a lot of work into it. So I'd love it if you checked it out. All right, so check out the uh, uh, the website, markstriegel.net and get that email. Sign up for that email on markstriegel.net. Other ways to support are to use our Amazon links, which are also at markstriegel.net and in the show notes for this episode. And of course, you can use a, leave a PayPal donation. The other way that's really, really awesome to support us is to tag people we interview. So if you hear an interview like Ricky Warwick or something who's on this episode, tag them and be like, oh, loved hearing you guys on, on Talking Metal with Mark and John or with Mark. And yeah, and that's that. All right, cool. Next week, we got James Durbin, who is a guy who was on American Idol and also was in Quiet Riot for a number of years. He's got a great new record out. I mean, sincerely, it's really good. It's about to come out. Uh, he's on next week. And we may have a member of Typo Negative on next week, too, trying to figure that out. Uh, but for this week, we are listening back to our last live stream. So our guests are Ricky Rackman from The Headbangers Ball and Alex Grassi from Quiet Riot and Hookers and Blow. And of course, Ricky Warwick from Black Star Riders, Thin Lizzy, The Almighty, Guy's done a lot. He's got a great new solo record on the way. So here we go. We're going to get into the Talking Metal podcast right now. Thank you, patrons. And please join us on Patreon. We need more of you guys. We really, really do. I need $2 a month. I mean, it's nothing. Join me for $2 a month on Patreon. Get a free bonus podcast every week. Uh, you know, that's what, 50 cents an episode for the bonus podcast, $2 a month. My Starbucks is more than that each day. Come on, let's go. Patreon, please. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I need support here if we're going to keep doing this. We need to really beef it up there on Patreon. Thank you, guys. Here's the episode. All right. As I mentioned, we're going to get into an episode that is actually the last live stream that I did with John Astronomy. The guests are Ricky Warwick, Alex Grassi, and Ricky Rackman. So stay tuned for that. I did want to mention that on Patreon, we did a poll uh, in the last email and on the last episode, the, the classic album was Kiss Alive. So I just wanted to see what our patrons thought of Kiss Alive. And I'll tell you right now, it's some interesting response. So the, the poll was classic album Wars Kiss. So I wanted to know what, what do the patrons like best? Kiss Alive, which would be mine. Kiss Alive 2, Kiss Alive 3, or none of them. I don't like Kiss. So I, I really like Kiss Alive and Kiss Alive 2. And I actually have fond memories of Kiss Alive 3 to be honest I haven't listened to it in years but Bruce Kulick was on that and Eric Singer and great memories of that so I, I actually want to pull that out because it was kind of a different era of Kiss different side of Kiss um, but in our polling Kiss Alive 1 Kiss Alive 2 came in third Kiss Alive 3 did get some votes and came in uh, 
third, so Kiss Alive, Kiss Alive 2, Kiss Alive 3, as as voted on by our patrons. And a few people voted that they don't even like Kiss, which I get. Glenn Watson said, um, actually, let me, I'll, I'll get back to Glenn, because let's see, Anthony Mackey said, I only knew them. Now, Anthony, as you know, is from Ireland. I only knew them and was turned on, turned off to them by photos in Krang. The Lick It Up 7-inch was the first item to enter our house. It was a joke record to us. Haven't warmed up to them since. Wow. Maybe it's because I tried to take them in musically and wasn't a part of the culture and love of Kiss. I gave Alive an honest shot after Mark's classic album slot. Nope. Sorry. Wow. Harsh, <laughs> harsh words from, from Anthony. And, and Glenn Watson, uh, who's in the States, says, Anthony, great statement. Even though Kiss was my first live concert, I never got into them. Animalize was a great record, though. But in my opinion, they were terrible players and the lyrics were horrible. This just wasn't for me. And Gene and Paul do nothing for me. God, oh my God, you guys are breaking my heart right now. <laughs> my my favorite band along with Iron Maiden of all time. Wow. Um, great conversation, guys. And of course, we have Leo checking in saying, I was born in 1969, me too, Leo, and Kiss Alive was the first hard rock album I ever bought, the record that got me into heavy music and just plain old music in general for that matter that started it off all for this little kid in 1975 leo my story is very similar i was a few years later even though it sounds like we're about the same age that i actually got the record but yeah it started it off for me too i mean i had kind of flirted with some of my parents beatles records and maybe their rod stewart record that they had but and and I remember hearing Foreigner on the radio. I was really into them. Never owned Foreigner, but I loved hearing them on the radio. But yeah, Kiss was Kiss was it, man. Kiss was it for me. And Kiss Alive is what started that. Johan over in Sweden said, Kiss has always been huge in Sweden. That's interesting, Johan. I wonder if Kiss was bigger in Sweden than like the UK and and you know in germany and france I, I don't know i'm thinking yes for some reason i'm not sure why but that's just what i'm thinking i uh johan says i was born in 1972 so i can't say how it was in the 70s but when they released lick it up and animalized they were the biggest band all categories heavens on fire is kiss kiss's biggest hit in sweden i had kiss alive too on cassette great album and my first concert with the band and my favorite alive album there you go johan prefers kiss alive too great comments on patreon guys keep it up join me there for as little as two dollars a month and you'll get that bonus podcast and hopefully be in good, involved in some good conversation like this. So without further ado, we're going to get into the last live stream of the Talking Metal podcast with Ricky Warwick. He's the last guest. Alex Grossi, he's the second guest. And the first guest is a guy that hosted the Headbangers Ball. I, I just watched, after interviewing him, I just watched a documentary on, on Action Park, which was a crazy water park here in New Jersey. And Ricky's in the documentary, which is kind of funny, just random. It's been a week of Ricky Rackman for me, for sure. Texting with him, uh, talking with him during this chat that you're about to hear and watching him in the class action 
Park is the name of the documentary on HBO. So check that out. Um, and let's do this. Here we go. Talking Metal. John, we got to hey. update those uh, photos in the, uh, in the intro. Those are, all <laughs> those are from, from 2007, 2008, 2005. Yeah. Good stuff. Good, Good memories, stuff. man. Good to see you. We got a great show tonight. We have, well, why don't you tell us who's on the show tonight, John? Okay, well, we, we have an amazing lineup. We're, we're going to start out with somebody that I've been a fan of forever, Ricky Rackman, original gangster from the headbangers ball i love this guy he, he's he's the coolest and uh then we've got alex grassi a friend of mine from quiet riot and then we've got ricky warwick uh from the almighty from thin lizzy and from black star riders yeah it's going to be a great show and a lot of bang for your buck tonight all within 90 minutes we got ricky backstage we're going to bring him on in just a second but a big shout out to hank and dash vodka i'm going to be drinking some of this in a bit, I don't think I'm quite. Oh, there, I gotta get the. Oh, there we go. Uh, I'm not quite ready for my first shot of this yet, but dash vodka. So smooth. yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready, and Very I'm going smooth. for it. Right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Somebody so wrote on Facebook, um, you drink, you drink dash vodka, and you don't get a hangover. I don't know if that's true, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt that tonight. Well, very good, very good. I love Dash Vodka. It's great. Uh, Hank and Rini uh, and the team at Dash. Uh, are unbelievable, and uh, you know I love them a because they're my cousins, but b because they're with Dash Vodka. So dual reason. And yeah. uh, Mark, I, I I've got some main questions for you, but I want to show you something right before I get into yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. Check what do you got? This out. You know, you just when you thought I couldn't get another guitar, look what I got. A brand yeah, new, very astronomy, yeah. metallic Les Paul, very astronomy looking. And here's the deal. This is an Epiphone, and look how cool the Epiphone headstock is. It's they wow. call it the Kalamazoo headstock. It looks it looks basically just like uh, the old Epiphone headstocks uh, back in the day, and uh, it's very very uh, similar to a Gibson headstock. And how cool is this guitar? And check this out. It's got a special cutaway on the back, which of course most Les Pauls don't have. And uh, it's got an asymmetrical neck, and it's just really, really cool. And I can't wait to bring this out on tour with Ace Frehley and like it uh, in 2021 when touring starts back up again, because we have shows booked. And, uh, you know, who knows if, if they're going to stay booked and uh, or if they're going to get postponed again. But we'll see what happens. No one knows yet. Right on. Well, we hope they happen, John. And when they do, I will definitely be there rocking out with your band, Like It, and, of course, the great Ace Frehley who you will be opening up for and you do work with. So we got to get Ricky on, but real quick, this is not streaming on my Facebook, John. Okay. See, I, I didn't know that. And I just learned today that you are in Facebook jail and I want to ask you why. I, well, I wish I could answer that question. I, I honestly have no idea. I, no, no arguments, no fights. 
um, no political rants, no, n- no, nothing. I, I really have no clue, no, you know, scandalous, uh, pictures of myself. No, nothing. I, I, I really, it's a complete mystery, but I'm glad we're streaming on your, your, uh, Facebook and we have this going on YouTube. And of course, as always, it will, the audio will be repackaged as a podcast on talking metal. Please subscribe to talking metal on Apple podcasts, guys and to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash talking metal. And yeah, so I don't know, John. I really don't know what I know. See, see, I thought that they would give you a specific reason why you were in Facebook jail. Now, what does that mean? That you log on to Facebook and it just, what happens? Well, I can log on and I can even post comments, but I can't, there's certain things I can't do. Like I can't post in a group. So I'm like a banned from posting in groups. Uh, so again, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. And uh, you know, whatever. I, I could care less, honestly. Yeah. Well, well, that is too bad. I'm gonna go on my Facebook right now and just make sure that we are in fact on. Um, cool. Let's check it out. But yeah, I'm I'm so psyched that Ricky is here. And why don't we bring Ricky on sooner than later, right? Yeah. Let's bring him on the show that really was so important to me as uh, a young adult was MTV's Headbangers <laughs> Ball. It was so influential. And, you know, they started it before Ricky, but it wasn't until Ricky came on that I really feel like it found its its voice. And here he is, Ricky Rackman. How are you, Ricky? I was just banned from MySpace, so I completely feel your guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, how are you feeling? I know you were you were sick for a while. Can you talk to us about how you're feeling, how you're doing, how the recovery's going? Well, I got the C word. I was the said if I get COVID, it'll be like the flu. It'll be gone for in a day or so. And I was like, you know, rode my motorcycle all over the country, but that's not how I got it. And um, I got COVID nineteen, and it kicked my ass, and it was the gnarliest thing ever. And uh, the thing, like weird things happen. I never lost my taste, never lost my smell. Uh, Chills were unbearable. But the thing that I think that everybody's going to start to learn is there's some real neurological effects with the brain that happened with COVID. And I was screwed up to begin with. But um, it it was, was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was really bad. It wasn't the flu. And I was gone for like two weeks. And I was delirious. And and I was saying random things. And and, uh, now, like certain things that I used to eat, I don't like anymore, which is really weird, you know, because I like Cheetos and cake and I I don't anymore, but it was just, it was really, really weird. And it was, it was, it's just, it, it's mentally COVID is, is really weird, but you know, I'm going to do a podcast about it because I know when you talk about it, all of a sudden, when I, when everybody found out that I had COVID and I talked about what it was, I lost 600 followers and was called a libtard because I got sick. Oh, Oh, yeah. Well, we know that this uh, hits hits everyone, so we're glad you're doing better and you look great. Um, yeah, and- you lose a lot of weight on COVID. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. And let's get right into this because I was watching your Instagram the other day, and you made kind of a big announcement. At least for me, it's big as a fan of the Headbangers Ball and what you did on that show. Uh, I got really excited when you mentioned that you're planning to do a new show which is going to feature 
uh, hard rock and, and loud rock music. Can you talk about what you're planning and where you are in the stages of planning this? Yes. Here's the deal. Um, people that really know me know that I'm like a full-blown workaholic. I have a lot of jobs that I do. And sometimes I say things that I want to do and they don't ever happen. Very rarely, very rarely. And everybody's been saying, dude, do the Bangers ball. And what people don't understand is that I, I want to do it. I mean, I told MTV I would do it for free for years, but nothing ever happened. Uh, there's a couple, you know, I have an ego. So I think, hey, I'm Ricky Rackman. I'm good at talk radio. Why can't I? And like people weren't returning. You know, Sirius XM was no interest in me. Uh, VH1 had no interest in me. And so I decided this year, and I'm, I'm not putting anything down with either of those because I happen to like Eddie. I happen to like Jose a lot. But I was just like, you know what? Fuck. Can I swear? Sure. Yes. Yes. Because look at my shirt. Michael. Oh. <laughs> Fucking McDonald. <laughs> That's, That's great. Best era of the Doobie Brothers, by the way. Michael McDonald fucks chicks. Okay, so anyway, I want to do the show so bad. So I said, look, in 2021, I am going to do a metal video show. And... If it doesn't go on in 2021, I will never appear in radio, TV. I will, I will completely retire and I'll get a regular job doing something. I don't know what I do. I mean, basically, I'm going to do it. So somebody came to me and they said, OK, we're going to do it. We're going to put it up one day. It's going to be free. You don't have to join Patreon. You don't have to join anything. And we're going to do it legit. Um with my podcast, with the clubs, with my merchandise company, with everything I do, almost everything all by myself. So this is something that I, I needed help. And I decided I am, my goal is to do music videos. I don't want to do it in front of a green screen with skulls and flames or something. I want to do something a little bit different. And the thing is, I want to do it legit. So while everybody's saying, play this video, play that video, play this video, I have somebody helping me that I will announce in like a couple days. And we're trying to do it legit and get licensing on all these videos. And the problem yeah. is when Ball was out and we were playing all these great videos, you know, MTV was making money. The labels weren't. Now the labels don't have money. And for us to play like an older great metal video, these labels want money. And I'm like, dude, this is like promotion. A couple heavy hitters, we can have their videos. So the goal is I'm going to play. I'm going to do a video show. I personally believe it'll be on sooner than later. I think it'll be on, if not February, March, one night, I'm going to be playing new videos. I'm going to be playing old videos. I'm going to be playing popular videos. As soon as I said this, I mean, I just said I'm going to do the show, and I already got bad reviews for the show. Um, but people <laughs> are like, well, you're going to be playing Lamb of God, aren't you? And I'm like, well, yeah. And they're like, well, are, then somebody else says, well, I hope you're playing Seether and Three Days Grace, and I was like, well, oh, well, you're going to play Warrant. Oh, well, you're going to play Cannibal Corpse. Well, you, and everybody's got these different opinions on what it is. And, right. you know, what, what the, right now, which is so stupid, the people are so divided by genres. You know, if I say, you know, I listen to a lot of heavier stuff. And if I'm listening to Code Orange, and then I listen to, you know, Skid Row, Slave to the Grind, it's like, the only reason I listen to those songs is because I really like them. It's not going to be a show based on just videos that I like. I'm going to put on videos that I think can please everybody. I'm hoping somebody that really likes Gojira might also see a video from, you know, Faster Pussycat that they really like. I mean, right on. The, the thing is, 
like there's there's like the people that are like the 50s and 60 plus year old that it's like dude Dokken is selling more tickets in code orange what are you talking about which is completely not true nothing against Dokken you right. know the older metal fans for some reason are so negative and then code orange is an example they're like hey will you host the mudbangers ball for us i'm like yeah and then all of a sudden you know i hear from somebody from every time i die will you host this show i'm like oh yes i will i'm doing something with ted from D- death angel like i think in a couple days and i like music in all genres the only thing right. the only that is i have is i don't want any ballads and i i prefer not to have something that's currently on the radio except there is one video that's a huge video that we are going to be playing and there's reasons we're playing it and um you know i it's not ricky's show if it was ricky's show i think people would be like kind of bummed out because it would be really all over the place because i listen to everything but it's something that everybody needs and what i really am hoping happen is and i know that's hard to at to do today is i really want everybody to think like okay ricky's going to do this show the ball next saturday at 10 o'clock Let's all sit around our laptops or our phones or better yet, put it on our TV and let's all watch it live. I'm not going to be on it very much. I just really want to get to these videos. I'm going to talk openly on it. I'm not going to play anything that I think sucks, but I might play bands that aren't my favorite because I think that they have a place in it. This is the first time I've ever done a music video show where I actually got to pick the videos. And some right. of the videos, right. the videos that I'm playing are not what I would play on the Ricky show, but they're going to like them because as much as, somebody's really going to like, you know, municipal waste. Somebody's really going to like LA guns. And the other thing is a lot of the like hardcore bands and the heavy music of today really like the, I selfishly, I call it the cat house era really like the, those cat house bands, but the newer, the older fans have a hard time grasping on a newer music, which is a shame. I listen yeah, to bands. Right. I, I happen to really like thrash music. And I'll listen to a lot of these, some of these newer thrash bands, and I'm like, is this old Exodus or is this Municipal Waste? You know, and then I'm driving and I, I still like, you know, all my cat house bands too. So I, I really want to do it. Now, if things don't work with getting it on this place that I'm supposed to have it, what I will do is I will play every freaking video that I want. It'll get taken off immediately, and I'll just go full outlaw. At the last minute, I'll tell where it is, and I'll play every single video without getting licensing or anything. I'll just do it because wow. I promise. So, Ricky, well, Rick- will this will this be on like an app of some sort? Is that the plan that you could watch like on Apple TV or something like that? Like you said, on your uh, screen, is, it will be on an existing app, okay. and. I don't know, but I'm hoping it's going to be very accessible. The only thing I've asked is, and I'm doing all this for free, of course. The only thing I'm asking is that nobody has to pay and that you don't have to become a member of anything. And we're trying to work out the particulars at first. You know, there's a lot of things that people sometimes get mad at me for not doing the things that, 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 and when I'm in agreement with them, like I want to do a metal show. I want to play old stuff. I want to play new stuff. I want to play heavy music. I want to play videos. And the thing is, let me tell you something, rap bands. And I think today's rap, I like hip hop. I don't like today's rap at all, but they're doing all the videos that we did back then, the partying, the pools, the having fun, the having a great time, putting these videos out and people are watching them. And I think if all these bands are putting out videos and there's some new bands that are putting out great videos that we'll never see. And I want to combine a little old, a little new, a little 
thrash, a little 80s, a little heavy, a little everything. I mean, people, more than telling telling me what they like, people are just so ready to tell everybody what they don't like. And if you don't like the video, let's hang out for a second because there'll be a good one that one that you like next. Wow, this is exciting news, Ricky. We cannot wait uh, for the big announcement as to where this is going to Do you know when we'll be getting that info? You said soon, right? Well, I talked to the people that that are helping me with this. And uh, what their job is, is to get permission to play the certain videos. You know, I, you know, the only thing I said is I said, like my all time favorite band, like my all time, all time, all time favorite band is Motorhead. And when I said on Headbangers Ball and I said, can I pick some videos on my birthday? And the only one they played was Motorhead. So I know I got a permission for a Motorhead video. So that's a there. <laughs> but you know, there's there there won't, you know, everybody's like, you know, you guys, I know I don't like to focus on the negative, but occasionally I'll get negative stuff. And the stuff that people say is so preposterous. It's like, oh, I know your show's gonna suck because all you ever played on Headbangers Ball was, you know, poison. I'm like, Dude, do you know that we played more, probably played more Napalm Death than Poison videos? It's like we played everything on Headbangers Ball. And even I put down Headbangers Ball. When I go back and look at it, I'm like, oh, my God, look at this Michael Monroe video, followed by, you know, L.A. Guns, followed by Chromax. You know, I mean, it was I, I talked down about, about that show, which really didn't deserve it. It, it was good. Yeah, the diversity on Headbangers Ball, especially in the later years, was was really wide. And I know some people have criticized it because they were like, oh, well, when Headbangers Ball started playing the same music videos that 120 Minutes was playing, that's where they lost their way. I'm sure you've heard that. But but you're yeah, saying that diversity is something you, you like. What do you do when you get ministry NWO? You know, what do you do with just one fixed by ministry? That's going to play in both. My gripe was as soon as a song is played in the daytime on MTV, you don't play it. So you don't play Alice in Chains Rooster if it's being played eight times a day. And and if Motley Crue Home Sweet Home is on 24 hours a day on MTV, you don't play it on Headbangers Ball. Maybe you play Shout of the Devil. You know, my goal was I, th- I always thought Headbangers Ball should be a little outlaw and should be the stuff that you don't see during the day. And that's what I'm hoping to do now. I like to use the word outlaw. I like it to be the stuff that you're not getting everywhere else. And there's nothing better. My compliment is a kid coming up to me saying, oh my God, I really loved Megadeth and I was not really that into him. And then somebody saying, you know, I was really into whatever and like new stuff. I mean, I love love music so much and I wish, and nobody else is doing the show and it will truly be metal and it'll be all a lot of different genres. Cool. We cannot wait for that, Ricky. And I want to let John ask a question, but one real quick <laughs> um, question for you before I throw it over to John. It's always been rumored that Axl Rose was the one who helped you get that MTV Headbangers Ball gig. Is that true? 100%. How did you, how did that play out? Well, he called up MTV. First he said, I said, I'd, I'd like to host Headbangers Ball. And he's like, I'll see what I can do. So he called MTV and he said, hey, my friend Ricky, and a lot of people knew me because I was the guy that 
the young kid that opened up the cat house, which by the way, is still the greatest rock and roll club ever. So um, Axel called MTV and he says, Hey, Ricky Rackman would like to do it. And I think Doug Goldstein's manager helped. And when Axel is the biggest rock star in the world, and he says, you should suggest this guy, they go, okay. And then Axel's like, okay, they said they, they auditioned. Do you want me to go with you? And I'm like, okay. And I'd never been on business class before. And he slummed it by business. And I like food business. He got the hotel at the Mayflower. We stayed there for a couple of days. No. I went to, and I was so horrible. I watched the old shows and I was so bad because I did not come from a TV background. I did not come from a radio background. I did not come from a broadcasting background. My background is the dude that opened the sleaziest rock and roll club ever. So um, I think I got it. But Axel, I, 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 I have no problem saying that my success or whatever success I had can be attributed to Guns N' Roses. And of course, all the other bands like Faster Pussycat and stuff like that. But I mean, in Mooresville, I have two offices that just do nothing but sell cat house shirts. And I know that's because... Axel Wharton, the Paradise City video. So now we see Tom Morello and John Five and all these newer people wearing the Cat House shirts because they sell. And I know a lot of that has to do with Guns N' Roses. So I have no problem in saying that I owe a lot to Guns N' Roses. And, you know, I'm, hey, I, it's good that it's nice that they help me, you know? Do you ever hear from any of the Guns guys? Have you been in touch with them? When I was sick, Duff texted to see how I was. Um, I occasionally talk to Slash because I bought one of the Gibson Les Paul Slash guitars. And nice. uh, I don't know how to play guitar. I just really want to. So I, I, it was so fun. I a guitar. I had like Mark Morton from Lamb of God, you know, all these music, Ryan Roxy, all these people, Gilby, all these people telling me like, okay, you got to learn this. You got to learn this. Um, I hear from Slash occasionally. I hear from Duff occasionally. Uh, I love Axel. Me and him were very, very tight. Haven't heard from him in decades. My goal is to go to New Zealand in November and see Guns N' Roses and uh, hopefully touch base with Axel because I just haven't talked to him in, in decades. Cool. Cool. Nice. Ricky, before we, we switch gears on to a new topic, I do want to mention that you hit on something that that my friends and I – uh, basically, we're, are, we're doing what you're talking about having happened with your new show. We looked forward to the Headbangers Ball when you were on. So we made sure that we were all home on midnight on, on Saturday night or whatever day that was on. And I love the fact that you want to turn this into an event where people now will say, look, I got to get to my computer because I want to watch Ricky's new show. And and I think that's like that destination is really important. And I, I love that that's what you're doing. I mean, I would love that somebody would say, hey, Ricky, we want to do this. We're going to give you a producer and a director. I mean, my podcast, everything I do, the reason stuff doesn't come out is I it's me. It's just me. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But but I like that idea, too. I mean, I think it would just be fun. And I, I want people to get in the habit. And, you know, the reason I want to do it soon is a lot of times Saturday night. I'll be honest. I didn't really watch Headbangers Ball because I was going out on Saturday nights. Right, right. But now, what are we going to do? And nothing would make me happier if like a bunch of old friends got together and had some beers and watched the ball. The show's going to be called The Ball. And um, I don't know where it's going to go after this one episode. You know, my goal, if, if somebody said, would you do a heavy metal show once a week? 
I would love to. I would love to do it. I, I, I mean, this right now, what we're doing on Talking Metal, this is fun for me. This is the stuff that I really enjoy doing. I do have lots of other jobs that feel like work sometimes, but talking about rock and roll is, is like, that's what I really like to do, you know? Well, Ricky, I, I, I think that you really have credibility, and that's what I want to talk about is that, and I know you've told these stories so many times, but for, for our listeners, you were there booking bands. You, you ran the Cat House, and a lot of the bands that we like, like the Faster Pussycats, um, you know, you, you were instrumental in giving these bands and bands of that type, you know, of music a place to actually get on stage. And then you were not not only were you friends with the guys, but you know, you ran like one of the coolest clubs, if not the coolest club in Hollywood. Yeah, it was the coolest club in Hollywood. Um, Tammy was my roommate from Faster right. Pussy Cat. Uh, Tammy, I would say to this day, we talk at least once a week still. Nice. Um, the Cat House was not opened up. If you listen to Cat House Hollywood podcast, you'll hear all the stories. And the Cat House was not opened as a rock live venue. It was open. And it sounds like such a cliche to, to be a guy like 50s and saying, like, we met it to get free drinks and meet strippers. That was why it was open. And, and anybody that ever went to the Cat House in the day, I know this sounds so cliche, but the most beautiful women in the world were at the club doing the most decadent thing. And the rock stars were doing the same thing because nobody had cameras. I wasn't allowed. I didn't allow cameras. And it was me and all my degenerate friends had a clubhouse. And those degenerate friends ended up becoming Guns N' Roses and Faster Pussycat and L.A. Guns and Jane's Addiction and and pretty and I was so tight. I mean, I didn't let really crappy bands play the Cat House. It wasn't about who's going to sell the most tickets because we were sold out. If we had no band play, we'd sell out. So you know, if I say, okay, hey, Alice and Chains are going to play, and they want this band to open up for them called Mookie Blaylock. I don't know who they are, but they're their friends. And Mookie Blaylock ended up being Pearl Jam, you know, in or puts Cat House in a song that says, hey, we want to play the Cat House on Halloween. I'm like, okay. And our capacity was like 600. And every, every band, I mean, you name a band, they played the Cat House. And, you know, there were things because I was so wasted back then. I didn't remember when Vince Neil and Axl Rose sang together on stage you know all those big stories the feuds they started at the cat house you know and it was i was creating something not to get famous not to not to be like i'm ricky rackman i'm not like i tell everybody i'm not a fucking journalist i'm not at all i created a place that we could hang out at and it and because i think the premises of it was to have fun that's why it was so successful and i mean you know it's I'm still selling cat house shirts, you know, and and it's a 35th anniversary and I'd love to do something. And people still talk about the cat house. I mean, I have the word cat house tattooed on me twice. People send me pictures of tattooing the cat house name on it. There is nothing flattering. I'm more proud of the cat house than Headbangers Ball. Well, so, Ricky, let me let me ask you now what you you've moved to North Carolina from Hollywood. And what is it? Is there a is there like a heavy metal scene where you are? Do you do you still go see bands? You know, oh, and my question is, do you ever think of uh, putting another club like this together? Is there is there? A, I mean, I know I'd love to go to it. Well, I go to see band whenever bands play here. 
you know, I'll go. You know, when the last live show, I, well, other than Code Orange, the last live band I saw was Jackal. Because whenever they come to Charlotte, I'll go see them. As far okay. as local, I've seen a couple local bands that I like. Um, as far as opening a cat house, the only way I would ever open a cat house, if it was a bar that was small, that always played killer music, similar to maybe a Duff's in Brooklyn or something like that. And then maybe occasionally we get a band to do something, but I would never open another live venue. I mean, and especially now, let's be honest, you know, I, I try to do a cat house tour. I really wanted to do a cat house tour. And, you know, the first two bands that I started with were, you know, okay, let's start with LA Guns and Faster Pussycat on this tour. And I wanted right. it to be, I wanted there to be dancers. I want to be everything. And I'm talking to LA Guns. I'm like, guys, I can't afford it. I'm not going to charge a $90 ticket to get in the cat house. And everybody wanted so much money. And I'm like, that ain't the cat house way, you know? I mean, right, right, right. So everybody wants money instead of like, and it's like, well, we have to go on last because we drew 500. And then the other band goes, well, we drew 400. And I'm like, you're talking about the difference of 100 people, okay? I, I, I care about you 5,000, 500,000. I don't give a rat's ass if you drew 400 or 500. I like to create an experience that everybody talks about for years. And I think I did that 30th. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did want to say that you had a great line. I believe it was on the Cat House Hollywood podcast where the guy from Junkyard was telling this incredible story about Axel dancing and setting off the alarm. And he said just a typical night at the cat house. And you came back and said, there's never a typical night at the cat house, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> and can you talk about the people that showed up there? I mean, David Lee Roth, did David Bowie show up at the cat house once? One of the, one of the best episodes. And remember, like I'll see people put out, not you guys, but or, where's the camera? You guys, um, I'll see people <laughs> put podcasts that say, hear the story of the Axl Rose, David Bowie feud. I'm like, hear the story it was in my club in the dj booth so we have the dj telling the story about the axel rose david bowie story and that's that was one of the best episodes of the cat house hollywood podcast i mean the vince neil axel rose feud started like this close to me you know the whole thing that happened with <laughs> it was so i'm reading these podcasts you want to hear the crazy story i'm like motherfucker the story started right next to me so that's why i put right. out the cat yeah it was not just that there's an episode with josh richmond that he talks about this actor saying josh you know a lot of people in la i'm waiting in line to get in the cat house can you get me in and it was brad pitt like i didn't even know that but wow. i mean every i mean every rock star you could possibly think of robert from robert plant to aerosmith to nobody from the rolling stones ever went i think but i mean the locals were i mean it's it's everybody. It was, it was everybody. Um, and it was, it was our world. I hired every security guard myself. So, you know, certain friends were allowed to get, get away with more stuff. Um, it was, it was just, it was anything you could imagine. And, you know, I might do stuff that pisses people off, but there's nobody that's ever said they went to the cat house in the old days and it wasn't great. So right. Right everybody, on. the truth is, we, there was no velvet ropes. And the reason that I opened the cat house is because I showed up at this trendy club in LA and I was stuck behind a velvet rope while all the cool people got in. And I was like, screw this. So if you want to come to cat house, get my security guard, Keith, 
One day somebody showed up and he said, hey, I'll give you 300 bucks to get in front of the line. And Keith goes to the whole line. This guy wants to give me $300 to get in front of the line. Should I let him? And everybody's like, no. So he's like, get in the back. This is all that. I'm so proud that people still give a rat's ass about the cat house. So are there big plans to celebrate the 35th anniversary? I don't know. I mean, it, I've my whole career from podcasts to radio shows, because all these other things I've done by myself, I need somebody to help me. When I did Cat House Live, I did it with Live Nation, and it was not the way I want. Even though we had 15,000 people, it was not what I wanted at all, and it was no. But I want somebody to be smart enough to say, let's do a Cat House tour. You go to these little places. It's like a strip bar with these bands playing and tell stories and this like that. I'd love to do that. Of course, we don't know what the situation is. Maybe I do a live streaming thing. I want to do something. And, you know, I'm not motivated by money. But I like money a lot. But um, that's not my motivation. And my motivation is not to put Ricky Rackman's name out there. My honest to God motivation is to do something fun and cool and, and show people, you know, ask Ricky Warwick. He knows about the cat house. He was there all the time. Right. So uh, I'd like to do something for the 35th anniversary. I'd also like to start doing more cat house Hollywood podcasts, but you know, so it seems like you do, you do a lot more of the triple R podcast than you do the cat house Hollywood. Is that right? Yes. But you know, I haven't done anything the first year. The Triple R was based on my radio show, The Triple R, which if you don't know the story, you know, I ended up beating up a DJ and going to jail and blew my whole radio career and went broke. But um, The Triple R, they're <laughs> on. I've had, you know, everybody on The Triple R and even back in the radio show. I mean, crazy the things that happened. And uh, I'm going to do new Triple R's and I am going to do more Cat House Hollywood podcasts. But like, you know, I have Zach Wilde. As much as I want to put Zach on the Cat House Hollywood podcast, he didn't go there. So I put him on the Triple R. And right. at Popstar Tiffany. I mean, it's just like there's – but I, I really want to get in the habit of doing both. I have no sponsors. Don't get paid to do it. I do the Cat House Hollywood podcast, write every word, do it all here, and uh, send it out. And I need to do I need to do more. You know, what pe a lot of people don't know is – I have jobs. I host a nationally syndicated radio show called Racing Rocks that's heard all over America where I talk about racing, play rock and roll. And I just hit the 19th anniversary of that. That's what my job is. And I have cat house shirts and I work for American flat track racing. I do a lot of racing stuff, but the podcasts and stuff like that are done for fun. I mean, I know you guys, one of the reasons you guys are doing talking metal is because you love music and you like talking about it. You know, if somebody right. said, hey, do a eating Cheetos, I'm like, sign me up. Right on. And Ricky, we do want to just recap the two podcasts. It's the Triple R podcast and the Cat House Hollywood podcast. Guys, they're both up on Apple Podcasts. Highly recommend uh, you subscribe to those. I loved your Steve Stevens interview on episode 24. Great stuff, Ricky. That was really fun because you would think, like we even talked about it after the interview, like you'd think I'd know Steve Stevens and I didn't. And right. I don't have anything written down. I just like, we just turned the mic on. The fun thing is for the last couple of shows, Leah, my girlfriend who was on the TV show Ink Masters has been on every episode and people really like it when she's on it. And so she's now on the show with me as well. And, you know, sometimes we do stuff where we don't talk about, I mean, the crazy thing is we were going to get married and we broke up and we talked about that. And that was 
the number two most downloaded episode next to Duff McKagan. I'm like, wow. wait a minute. Yeah. That, that threw me for a loop. Like, I was like, really? You want to hear my personal crap? I don't really want to talk about it, but people like that one. So, right on. Right on. Ricky, before we switch gears again, I'm, I'm always on the tail end, and I always ask one more question about the previous subject. So here's here's something I was just curious on on my own. When you were doing Headbangers Ball, were you still living in L.A.? And did you did you come here, do the show, and then fly back? I lived in Los Angeles until um, until I moved to North Carolina. Wow. So years ago, and um, so what? And also. When I did Headbangers Ball for the last year, I also did Loveline. I was hosting Loveline, the radio show. So right. I would fly to, I'd, I'd leave on a Thursday, get there. They taped that show at midnight in LA. So I'd record Loveline live at three o'clock in the morning in New York, wake up five hours earlier, tape Headbangers Ball, go from the studio to the airport and fly back home and then do Cat House and Bordello. Wow, right on. That, that is an unbelievable uh, schedule that you have to maintain, you know, week after week. The, one of the reasons I was asking is, were there any bars or clubs in New York that you liked? Because Mark and I were hanging out at the, the places, but I don't even know if Scrap Bar was open at that point. So yeah, was, I, don't, yeah. I loved Scrap Bar. That would have right. been my go-to. We went to Scrap Bar. Um, we went to a couple Hells Angels bars. Um Scrap bar. When I was in a band, Battery Club, we played Limelight, and nice. um, but I, I think I would say that that Scrap Bar. Like if I'm in New York and I'm just going to go out at night, I would go to Scrap Bar because yeah, I, nice. I. And then later in later years, because I do these big charity motorcycle rides every year, I went to mm -hmm. Duck Brooklyn, and I I kind of liked. I had a good. I had a really good time there. I hung out there. They played good music. Lee got to drink Iron Maiden beer, so it was it was kind of right. fun. <laughs> right on. And Very good. I, you did, did mention Loveline, so I do want to go there for a minute. It was with Dr. Drew, Adam Carolla. What happened with that? You had a good three-year run, and there's rumors that you and Adam didn't get along. Is that accurate? I will tell you the story exactly how it happened. Um, they, the, they used to have a guy named Poor Man that was the host of it. It was on for several years. I started becoming the host, and even though the show was on for like eight years, when I became the host, they syndicated it nationally. It never got bigger. It had a 19 share in LA, which is huge. It was syndicated all over America. It was ridiculously huge. And then they came up with the idea of the Loveline TV show. And I thought, it, I don't think it's gonna work as a TV show. So then they brought in Adam Carolla, who was um, a character on K-Rock and he's a comedian, he's a real funny guy. So for a while they brought on Adam Carolla Dr. Drew and me and the three of us did the show for a while. And I was like, I don't know about this. So I said, guys, and I mean, I left the, I left a show where I was making the good six figures to start my own talk radio show called the triple R. So I left K rock and I went to KLSX, which had Howard Stern in the morning and me in the afternoons. And I worked there until I beat up a DJ and lost everything. So, so yeah, I, 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 I I think he's great. Um, I've, I even spoke to Dr. Drew recently. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I was great on that show. And a lot of people like Adam on that show. It's, it was a great show. And we had a lot of fun. Absolutely. And let's also mention your work with Sharon Osbourne. You 
did a TV show with her. What did did she? There was a rumor that she specifically wanted you on the show. Is that accurate? I'd like to think so. I don't know if that's true or not. But with I had done all the Rock of Love reunions, which were crazy. And then they decided to do Charm School. And it was Sharon and it was going to be me. And they said, we need to bring in another girl. And I said, well, my friend Gilby's got this wife, Daniela, who started this company called Frankie B. And she's it's huge. And Daniela. So it was me, Daniela and Sharon doing the show. I think the world of Sharon Osborne. Of course, I think the world of Daniela. And I think the show sucked. I had no fun on that show. And was I said, I'm done. I'm not going to do VH1 reality shows anymore. I think they're dumb. Okay, they're not not that they were dumb. They weren't my cup of tea, so to speak. Right. And then, hey, would you do the show Daisy of Love? And I was like, no. And then they said, look, come in. We want you to be Ricky Rackman. You're going to be like the voice of reason. You're going to be on the show more than almost anybody else. They had me talk to Daisy, and I did Daisy of Love. And doing that show, Daisy of Love, was one of the most fun jobs. I would put that up there in probably the top three of the most fun jobs I ever had. I love doing Daisy of Love. So, and that was my reality show days. Very good. Very good. And Ricky's Ride, Ricky's ride is an annual thing, right? You do that every year? Yeah. Every yeah. year, biker. I ride most really really far 11 years ago my my bucket list was one day when i retire i'm gonna ride a motorcycle from california to new york i've now done that 14 times i've ridden in four countries i've ridden in every single state except alaska um two years ago i rode my motorcycle i left north carolina and i rode my motorcycle in the 48 states every year i pick a different charity it doesn't get a lot of publicity because I don't have an imaginer, I don't have an agent, I don't have a publicist. Um, last year, through COVID, I rode with Leah Vendetta on the back for the entire ride, and we rode 11,000 miles, and we raised $22,000 for the Alzheimer's Association. The year before that, I raised $2,000 for Stop Soldier Suicide. Ricky's Ride has raised over $100,000 for charity. Every penny goes to charity. The rides cost me a fortune. Um, if somebody says, I'll give you $100 for gas, I will put that money to the charities. I've never taken a dollar for it. And people didn't really talk about it. And I didn't do it for fame. I did it because I love riding. I mean, I'll always ride. And it just started costing me so much money. And then it's like, hey, so-and-so is doing this charity ride for cancer. They raised $10,000. And they're in every magazine. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm the only biker out there riding. I've ridden more, I've ridden more miles than anybody in rock and roll with the exception of Neil Peart. And, uh, and, and because I don't have a publicist, I don't want to pay for a publicist. I'd rather give the money to the charity. Nobody ever talked about it. I have a great, great base called the rat. I hate, I can't believe I used the word fan that people would meet me at every stop. And I had the greatest time and, uh, it just became too, too tough. You know, Leah is a tattoo artist and she'd have to take off work for two months. So all of a sudden we're like spending a lot of money and not taking any of the money for our expenses. So it got to be very, very expensive. And I think it would have been a great TV show. Another one of those things, I sound like I'm bitter and I'm whining all the time, but you know, we rode everywhere in America. We went to any place people told us to go and had, you know, one day we're at Wrigley Field backstage with the Foo Fighters. The next day we're in Hank Williams' child boy house. The next day we're caught in a hailstorm. I mean, it was just, 
it was so fun. I will always do them, but this year I'm not going to do a Ricky's ride for charity or, you know, I'm just going to go ride, you know, probably, I think right. a month on bike week, if I decide it's the healthy situation. Right. Cool. Right. Well, Ricky, one, one of the refreshing things is that you don't do rock and roll and heavy metal for money. You do this because you love it. And I, I think it's a shame that like a great idea, like the cat house tour kind of was messed up by money. And, uh, you know, I know that's just how it is nowadays. Uh, everybody's fighting with everybody else about, you know, their slot or this and that. And, and, and but it, it's nice to talk to you. To, and, and I can tell that you're not doing this or anything you do in regards to heavy metal or rock and roll for money, you're doing it because it's something you like and, and you were there from the beginning. So I, I, I love that about you. But, but don't get me wrong. I'm a whore and will do anything for money. So please. <laughs> I have the tastes. I like to buy expensive things. I'm blessed. Yeah. That a couple of good jobs. But when, you know, when, when we were discussing with these other people about me doing the ball, this live show, I never ever mentioned money, which is interesting because neither did they. But but I have a job to get paid, and if I did, you know, I'd love. I, I'm sure I'd do a lot more Cat House Hollywood podcasts if I was getting paid. But you know, the editing which I do, and I'm not very good at, and the writing that's a hassle. But when I record it, I really enjoy doing it. Like like me doing this with you guys right now, this is fun. Like I like doing this kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, we love it too. I love listening to albums. I love music. I miss going to shows. I love walking into a venue, seeing a band that I've never seen before and going, holy, and then going out and buying their album. I like getting turned on to new bands. I like, you know, I am, I am that guy that, that loves getting music and then turning my friends onto it. Um, a lot of bit with the exception of maybe Ace Von Johnson, a lot of people don't listen to the same music that I do because I listen to either really heavy stuff and I love old punk rock. And uh, I can talk to Ace about, you know, we like the same, same bands, but you know, the ball isn't going to be that the ball is going to be, you know, the type of bands that I think, like I said, like I said earlier, it's not Ricky's show. Ricky's show would be who knows. <laughs> right on well we're looking forward to that ricky and we really appreciate you taking some time to hang with us two people uh asked me to say hello to you uh my wife emily who you sent a bunch of cat house t-shirts to probably two three years ago and she appreciated that so she says hi eva new a uh, friend of john and i and she says hi uh she worked on the ball with you back in the day so two uh two hellos to ricky eva is a very the people that I worked with on Headbangers Ball, I mean, I know my ego must have been freaking because remember, I'm the guy living in an apartment with Tammy, and now I'm hosting Headbangers Ball that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And Eva and Nancy had to deal with me going all over the world with all my drama with ex-girlfriends and all this stuff. And and uh, it, was, <laughs> it was incredible. My God, what a soap opera. <laughs> I love it. You said that they, they saw you freak out. I mean, totally rock and roll. That, that That's how it should be. You know, you can't just, you know, walk in there and like with a suit and tie and, you know, be normal. You had to have drama. That that made it cooler, I think. But some there were a couple of years that I think I got like I've seen shows that I've done in interviews and I was like, who is that guy? Like, I know now I know now I'm a more positive person. I'm more of a look, you like this. You voted for this. You did this. That's all right. Just don't be a dick. You know, right. and I try to 
I try positive stuff without being preachy. But I know, like, I was a little bit of a prick sometimes, you know, and I know that. And Good stuff. Well, we appreciate you spending some time with us, and let's get you back here before another uh, 14 years pass. And say hello to Ricky Warwick, who is just the greatest. Awesome. We, we will do definitely. for sure. For sure, Ricky. Thank you so much for taking the time out to hang with us, and we hope to have you back soon. Michael fucking McDonald. And we are going to be watching the ball, and we're going to stay tuned for the announcement, and we'll let all our listeners and viewers know that that's where they got to tune in. They better. Somebody better. <laughs> all right. Awesome, Ricky. Thank have you so much, night. bro. Thank you for your time. Cool. Ricky Rackman. Wow. Very, very cool. So down to earth, John. I mean, you know, you feel like you're talking to somebody that we've known. Yeah, I know. Which we've known him. I mean, because we experienced him on TV, on radio, but he doesn't really know us that well. But yet he still is so personable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I love hearing Ricky Ragman, uh, like God of Headbangers Ball, go, hey, I like being on Talking Metal. How cool is that? That's so cool. Yeah. You know what? I want to see Ricky connect with Axel again. I think that would be that would be great. Really, yeah, I, really I, cool. I'm really hoping that things work out for Ricky in New Zealand and, and that all comes together nicely. Now, hey, here's the thing, Mark, before we bring Alex on. I am, um, you know, I, I want to check to see if this is uh, playing on my Facebook page. I know I have so many Facebook pages. Uh, can we can we verify that? I, I don't know. I turned one of my computers off so I get a, a smoother connection. I, my whole connection is breaking up and it's the, the, the taking me out of the vibe. So I want to take a couple of seconds to uh, see if this works. I'm even thinking yeah. of hanging up. And logging in with a different browser. I, I hate this technical talk, but uh, it's it's uh, it's not working for me today. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, see, I'm see just... I'd like to keep Mark on. Hey, Mark, is there any way that you can uh, talk to everybody for about two minutes while I log off and log back on? Yeah. Why don't yeah, you keep? I, no, I don't, Mark. I, don't I want Mark to keep talking now, John. I don't actually see it, but um, who knows? Yeah. But yeah. So guys, I did want to remind everybody that we. Really, really need you guys to log on to us via the Apple Podcast app and hit subscribe, leave a review, leave a five-star review. That is helpful. It gets our name going in the algorithms of Apple Podcasts. So please consider doing that for us. Also, our YouTube page is youtube.com slash metal. And there is a Patreon page, which I have. Uh, if you want to support me, it is patreon.com. Uh, just go search Mark Striegel or Talking Metal and you'll find it. And I do bonus podcasts on that Patreon page. So for as little as $2 a month, you can get a bonus podcast every week on Patreon. Now, other ways you can support, guys, are using the Amazon links. You can find those at TalkingMetal.com in the show notes for the podcast episodes. They're also available on MarkStriegel.net, which is my new website, M-A-R-K-S-T-R-I-G-L dot N-E-T. So on that site, there's the PayPal tab, there's the Patreon tab, and there are the Amazon links, which again work for anyone who is going to be shopping on Amazon Within the U.S., the U.K., or Canada, it's just one additional step. There's no markup or anything like that on the products. You just link through us to Amazon, and for some strange reason, Amazon gives us a very little kickback 
for every dollar you spend on uh, on Amazon when you click through our links. So that's that. I did want to mention the dash vodka again, um, which maybe I'll maybe I'll, I didn't want to drink in front of Ricky because I know he he's not a drinker, but it sounds like he's he's cool with it. You know, so it's like it's weird sometimes. Sober people, which I totally respect, have great respect for, but sometimes there's certain of them that don't want to be around or hang around people who are drinking, and there's others who don't care. So I, I try to uh, I try to respect that when I'm with somebody uh, who does not drink. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to start with a beer, I think. Usually I don't drink on Thursdays, but um, it's like Wednesday is the hump day. You know, I, I go, uh, I have some drinks that day and generally weekends. But, uh, hey, it's a special time. We are doing a live stream here with Talking Metal. Cheers, guys. Yeah, I usually drink the IPAs tonight. It's just a Miller. So, good stuff. Yeah, so we got Alex Grassi coming coming up. And I tell you, this guy has a, a long history, which we're going to talk to him about. But, Man, he played on one of my favorite records from 2020, and I didn't even know this until he told me in an email. So we'll we'll talk to him about that. Uh, a really critically acclaimed record, by the way. Uh, all the all the critics thought it was great, including myself. Not a metal record in any stretch of the imagination, but still an aggressive and powerful record. So we're going to talk to Alex about that coming up real soon. Uh, it'll be a, a quick chat with him and then another quick chat with Ricky Warwick, who is, as Ricky Rackman mentioned, from the Almighty and Black Star Riders, a great band that did include Damon Johnson for, for a while. That Damon's now left and Ricky is continuing on with Black Star Riders. And he's got just an amazing solo record that's going to be dropping soon. So... Stay tuned for both of those guys. And, of course, Alex Grassi, also known for his work with Quiet Riot and Hookers and Blow, uh, amongst many other things. So we will be talking with them. Coming up on the podcast, it seems like I'm getting closer and closer to finally – I probably shouldn't say it. They say not to say things until they happen, but I'm going to say it right here. Looks like we're getting closer to locking in Alice Cooper. Uh, fingers crossed. I don't think he's going to come. I wanted to have him on the live stream where you guys could see him. He doesn't sound like he wants to do that. It sounds like it's going to be a phoner or nothing, which is cool. When when Alice offers you an interview, you take it. So we're going to, fingers crossed, hopefully be getting an Alice Cooper interview very soon. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have Alex Grassi here joining us shortly. Trying to think of what else is going on in the the world of rock. Uh, there is, of course, my new podcast. <laughs> you guys should check that out. Talking with Mark Striegel. What I'm doing on this podcast is interviewing anybody I find interesting. And that includes people who maybe aren't hard rock or quote unquote heavy metal. The, so I'm going to interview some classic rockers. I'm going to interview some alternative rockers. I'm going to interview... Uh, comic book writers. I'm going to interview a, a cast member of The Walking Dead, or I should say I did interview a cast member of The Walking Dead, a guy who builds guitars, uh, a guy who is into physical fitness, you know, kind of stuff that 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 I find interesting and people that I find interesting. So it's in a lot of ways a very personable, sh personal, personal, 
personal show. I hope it's personable too, but it's a personal show. And again, nothing is off limits there. I mean, some of the topics I'm trying to stay to are rock, Star Wars, mental and physical health, guitars. But that, again, is the Talking with Mark Striegel podcast, which is available everywhere, including Spotify, where Talking Metal is currently banned. So, John, what's the you're back. What's going on? Can you hear yeah, me? I'm back. I OK, um, I, I don't know what's going on today. I, um, you know, I'm the guy with the room with 50 computers and 18 screens and uh, somehow nothing's working right for me today. Um, right. everything seems like it's on slow speed. I have the best internet that you could buy. I don't know if, if something's happening in my neighborhood that's causing, uh, some, some difficulty or what. And, um, it's just frustrating. And, uh, and I, I still okay. can't confirm whether or not this is on my face, my main Facebook page, but everybody says it seems to be, but I don't know. You went to my Facebook and you didn't seem to see it, did you? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I, I don't know where, where, where do you see it on Facebook? I don't, but, uh, I, I don't like, like Spinal Tap says, I don't want it to affect the show, you know? <laughs> so, but anyway, Hey, the interview with Ricky Ragman was great. Uh, whether or not that I was, uh, perfectly clear or, or I was having technical difficulties. I don't know. Maybe, maybe my Facebook is screwed up, but, uh, I, I have no idea what's going on, but. Doesn't seem like it's nothing's working right for me today, but uh, I'm not sure why. But I mean, how do I look to you? Yeah, it looks no, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, looks great. yeah, really? lighting looks okay. good. I like the darker lighting. Type of a problem where every, I mean, uh, I, my, my sound is coming in and out. Uh, you know, there's there's like 20 different issues today, but like I said, I, I don't want it to affect the show. Uh, I guess I just had one of those very busy days, uh, worked, worked hard today, a uh, lot going on. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I think the interview with Ricky was great and, and I'm looking forward to seeing Alex who's, uh, on standby here and then talking to Ricky Warwick so that, uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, and then we'll, we'll work out all these details after the fact, but maybe I should have showed up to that production meeting yesterday, <laughs> but we're going to bring in Alex Grassi of Quiet Riot and Hookers and Blow. And I want to, once he's in here, hear about how you guys know each other. There he is. Alex, how are you? There he is. <laughs> Alex, how are you, brother? I'm good. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I can't see We're you. We're doing good, Alex. We're, how, how do you guys know each so other? John and Alex, how do you guys know each other? Me and John? Yeah. Uh, basically I've met John a million times over the years through, usually through Ace Freely. Um, and I actually know him through a, another good friend of mine. I mean, a couple of years ago named Delilah, who does, was on tour during merch. Um, Absolutely. All the dead days. Yeah. I can't, I can't see you guys, by the way. I can't. Am I doing something wrong? Maybe it's. Uh, oh, you have ah, there team. we go. There we okay. go. Technical team. Stand yeah, by. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's got it now. So, <laughs> there we are. All right. So, Alex, I want to talk to you about Quiet Alex, Riot. Great to see and, you. And, 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 uh, yeah, and everything stop. that you have. I want to talk to you about everything you have going on in the rock world. But first, you just emailed me earlier, and I had no idea. One of my favorite records of 2020 is by Public Enemy. What are you going to do when the grid goes down? I mean, so many great songs. You play on yesterday, man? 
No, I only played on the title track. I'm on, oh, I'm okay. On, well, it's such a on, great yeah. record, man. So many just incredible songs on that. It really How did is. that come about? Yeah, yeah. How'd you hook up with Public Enemy? I mean, the reviews of the record are insane. The the critics love it. Yeah, um, well, I live out here in Las Vegas, which is where Flavor Flav also lives. We're almost neighbors. And um, for his 60th birthday party, I got invited to be to put together like an all-star band to play that song, Bring the Noise, that they did with Anthrax back in the day. Sure. Um, and, and we just became friends. We go bowling all the time. And when he was making, uh, you know, about a year ago, he eventually was in the studio and he's like, I want to get you in on some tracks. And I went down that day. Uh, they were doing that song and, you know, laid some parts down on it. But the, I got to say the, the coolest thing I've probably ever been a part of non, non rock and roll was seeing the process of how those guys work. I mean, you don't realize how Chuck D and public enemy or Chuck D and, and play, 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 play together completely make that sound if you remove one of them it's not it's it's really really interesting and when play was about to do his vocals on that track he looked at me he goes yo alex i'm about to put the milk on this cereal i go the milk i go i go excuse me he goes, yo, you don't want you don't want you don't want no cereal without milk right i go that that yeah because i'm putting the milk on and he i shit you not he went in the vocal booth did about three runs through and it went from sounding like a cool Chuck D track to Public Enemy. Like it was really, it was astonishing. It was great. So he is the milk right. cereal. So. <laughs> yeah, it all makes sense now. <laughs> right on, right on. Great stuff. I love and it. I, I did not to not to bring up a sad note right at the beginning here, but it has been about five months since we lost the great Frankie Benelli, and uh, yeah. you know, just a guy whose drum sound was so unique and distinct. Uh, with Quiet Riot and Wasp and everything else he did, even Billy Idol. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about what the future is of, of Quiet Riot, because it sounds like from what I was reading, there may be some tracks on the way that we'll get to hear Frankie one more time. Is that is that true? Yes, that is true. Um, I mean, Frankie, we were always recording. We are always working on new music. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of tracks in the vault that were being worked on. Um, you know, we're always, we're, we're rock band. We always have stuff going on. And um, yes, there will definitely be new music by Quiet Riot and it will be about Frankie on drums. Yep. Wow. Great stuff. And it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't like, That's amazing. it wasn't like we planned it or anything. It just, it's, you know, it's like I said, most, most, most of the time you're always working and recording ideas and Frankie loved to play drums. He was always recording stuff. So, you know, we're, um, we're we're trying to figure out exactly what to do. I mean, it's such a weird time with the pandemic right now. And, you know, we do have some tour dates coming up, um, you know, to kind of wipe the cobwebs off. But I would definitely, you know, next few months, there'll, there'll probably be some more solid news on that front for sure. Right. And I, I know the answer to this, but I just want you to, to, to tell us who now is officially in Quiet Riot. Can you run down the lineup for us? Well, officially in Quiet Riot, it's myself on guitar, Chuck Wright on bass. Jizzy Pearl uh, is back on vocals, and we we have Johnny Kelly on drums, and um, I guess he's officially our drummer. I don't, I, I mean, we haven't, you know, really. He just, he just, he came in, and uh, he's been playing drums ever since. He doesn't see. I, I, listen, I'm not letting him go anywhere. How's that? How's that? How's, how's that for an answer? I'm, I'm not letting him leave. <laughs> I love it. Alex, now, how did you get John Kelly? Because I always think of uh, John as a New Yorker, but is is he out by you, or did you know him? How, how did that come about? I uh, I met John in New York. We were doing a hookers and blow run, and we needed a drummer on the, on the East Coast, and um, and um, Diz, Dizzy recommended him. 
And we just he he was he's been in the band with Hookers and Blow for like eight years. And our first when Frankie first got sick, the very first show he was unable to do due to you know because of his health was in Dallas, Texas. Johnny had just moved to Dallas, so the show's on a Friday. I get a call from um, from Frankie on Monday, going, "We have a show on Friday." At this point, I didn't even we didn't know how we didn't know how sick he was. He goes, "I don't think I can make it." Do you know any drummers that can get to Texas and know the set by Friday? And I go, John Kelly and Frankie love Johnny. They were right. friends. They play a lot the same. And I said, well, he goes, that's perfect. So I called Johnny. I go, can you learn 10 Quiet Riot songs in a week and let, be there on Friday with no sound check and no rehearsal and go and play in front of 10,000 people? And, and Johnny goes, okay. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. That, that, I love he, it. He really, he really saved our ass. He could be, thank God it was in Dallas. And, um, and Johnny's such a pro and he's, he's definitely the right guy for a lot of reasons because I mean, you know, he's East coast, he play, you know, he, he hits hard. He's not one of those guys that's in a gazillion bands, mercenary drummer that'll play in every band, any band for a dollar. Um, even though he's been in a lot of bands, he's not one of those guys. And you, we all know here who we're talking about. Um, and he's just, uh, he's, he's a great friend and he's a hardworking guy and he's, he's family to me. And, and John and Frank, Frankie said, that's definitely, you know, that's the guy if he wants to do it. And, like I said, he hasn't left yet, and I'm not letting him leave. So how's it? That's it. <laughs> right on. I, I did want to. Quickly... I think you should not let him leave. Yeah. No. And, yeah. Not, yeah. Alex, uh, Mark, go ahead. But I, I... yeah, Alex, go I did want to say that 2019, the M3 Festival. I, I walked out of that three-day festival, and I said to my wife, yep. "My favorite set." of the entire weekend was quiet riot. I mean, that was really? something about that. Really? Yeah. I swear to God, it, something about that set you guys delivered in front of that crowd. I don't know. It, it was just, it really moved me. And it was, it's such a great memory. That was a very, very emotional set for us because that's what that we had no, we, at that point, Frankie knew he, that was going to be his last show for, for maybe forever. Um, right. That was, that, that was his last show. And, and then Johnny came in and we, we all kind of knew it and he was hurting. I mean, he had a, he had a tube sticking out of him. No one knew. I mean, we really covered it up. Um, but we, but he went out there and you know, the thing with Frankie and I always said this to him, you know, he got done playing and by the end of the set, he was really, we in a week from, from, I mean, the doctor told him you should not go. And you know, one thing about Frankie, but now you tell him not to, he's going to do it twice. So, um, he went out and did the, sh the set, and, and after the show, he he looked at me. And he goes, "Stay strong for me, dude. We, this is you know I'm hurting." And I said, "Even twenty percent of you is better than a hundred percent of most drummers." So great show, my friend. You know, and um, you know, yeah, it was that was a heavy, heavy day for sure. Um, but yeah, we 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 went out there swinging. You know, it's what we do. We I mean, even when Kevin was alive too, Kevin was always no matter how small the crowd was or how internally the band was cranky or tired or hungover or whatever he went out and gave it a hundred percent so that's always been sort of the qr thing you know never made they never mail it in never right on john no doubt about it and what, what a great story uh what a great story and hey before we get back into metal alex i just want to talk about something and i want to congratulate you on something that happened i maybe about a month or two ago your engagement I got engaged to my girlfriend Tammy. Yes, yeah, she's uh, she's great. We live together out here in Vegas. Been together about four four or five years, um, and she's like my best friend in the world. And Congratulations! This pan thank you, thank you very I much. Um, this uh, this pandemic has shown a lot of couples a lot of things. I've seen. I've also seen a lot of people that are getting divorced now. Um, yeah, no doubt. When we got 
yeah, you you kind of get to see if you can really deal with it. And we we became tighter and closer and got really got to get our got our relationship together. And um, there's definitely no else no one else I want to be want to be with after going through this with her. So yeah, we're very happy. Thank and thank you. Absolutely, you're welcome. And, and, and it's been such a such a difficult year, and and I'm really happy to hear that something that positive came out of of uh, a really difficult year in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, you know, everything's what you make it, and it's you know, when this whole thing went down, a lot of musicians started to really freak out, and not you know, because I mean, you know, we all we all lost our jobs at once, and I, you know, it's it's just got to right. always look at the glass half full. I mean, it's it's. We, we don't have a choice, you know. So yes, I'm glad. I'm glad the stars aligned the way they did, and we uh, a lot of positive have come out of it for sure. Absolutely. And another positive oh, yeah. thing that happened this year was we got some new Hookers and Blow songs, cover songs. One of them with yep. Frankie. Is there more of this coming down the the pike? More cover songs that Hookers and Blow might be releasing to us. Yeah. Yes, uh, in May we released an entire record, all twelve oh, wow. full record, yeah, full length vinyl and everything, limited edition vinyl, um, and it's all covers, obviously, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really 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 cool. We did some really, we went a lot on it. I mean, Disney and I spent. I mean, we, we went way over budget, but it's like our little baby that band, you know. And uh, we have some great players on it, but yeah, it's coming out on Golden Robot Records. I believe May twenty first, I think, is the date. Um, we're actually just starting to put together the artwork for it and special thanks. And I mean, the, the great thing about that band is there's no rules. I mean, it's, we're called yeah. hookers and blow. We don't write music. And I mean, the worse we act, the worse our behavior is, the better people treat us for some reason. So right. we have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> cool. Well, John, I had, we're going to probably have to wrap up in about five minutes with Alex, but I had a couple more. Do you have anything you want to ask Alex? Well, uh, Mark, why don't you go ahead? Because I, I know that uh, my my whole notes went down, Alex. So I apologize, but I know Mark well, you has know, everything I, together. So, Mark, you go, and then I'll come in. Yeah. Hey, Alex, what, what's going you know on what? with uh, Operation Pipe Dreamers? Can you tell us what that is? What it's all about? Oh, that actually came about very quickly last week. It's a new uh, reality show. Like it's kind of like a competition show. It's on net for Netflix. Um, it's produced by Tommy Chong, and it's glass blowing competition to make these really high end exquisite bongs basically oh wow and, I'm a, okay. I'm, and, and, and one of the episodes the theme is music and they wanted a rock guy to come in and give their give my artistic point of view as far as how could they express music through a bong that's pretty much the gist of it but it's I mean it's amazing what these guys do <laughs> you know right. And where's that? Is that on a certain television channel or I, I, outlet? I think it's going to be. A, I think it's a Netflix deal. I think it's a Netflix thing. They sh they were shooting out here in Vegas, and the the original quote rock star they had to they had booked ended up in rehab, so they called they called me last minute. Okay. Um, and, so. and but it's it's really I didn't know what to <laughs> Alex, expect, but it was it's really really cool. Cool. Cannot wait yeah. to see that. And yeah, you, oh, that, that sounds you, great, Alex. You do some behind the scenes work too with bands booking them, or at least I know you're still doing that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, well, when, when they start booking shows again, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, well, that was my question. For, when do you think we're going to start yeah. to see tours return? Are we looking at this summer? Okay, from what I've seen, and I've, I see it before most people because of what I do. I'm seeing the the venues that can pull off the 25 percent or 35 percent capacity and make a profit are going to those shows are going to play. And they're going to play in the certain states that that will allow them to play. 
as far as full blown tours, I don't see how it's possible. Like, I mean, like, you know, like a, like a 30 city bus tour with every date in a row. I don't know because every, every state has different laws and different ordinances you have to follow. Right. And, um, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's be hard to route a tour. Um, but it's going to come back. You're going to see a lot of shows play this summer now that people have gotten the um, distancing down. And like when I shot this TV show, the, the pipe thing the other day, they had it down, man. I mean, it was super sterilized. Everyone had masks on. It, but they, they had it figured out. Back in right. March when it first happened, people didn't know. I mean, they, were, they literally built the plane mid-flight with this whole thing. Now, I think with venues following the rules, and if the fans follow the rules, and the, the dollars and cents make make sense. I, you'll see some. You'll see some. You're not going to see everything come back right away. No, no. I mean, I highly doubt that Motley Crue thing will happen. I really don't think really? that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, no, that's disappointing. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, um, I, right, because I just, that that happens in you know. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Oh, John, you. Yeah. So. He's enough. So, Alex, I. I I wanted to uh, say, and I'm sorry about the uh, technical difficulties that uh, we're having with uh, sound cutting in and out and uh, a little bit of a delay, so I apologize for that. But, Alex, I, I want to I wanna give a shout-out to Delilah for being such a great oh, yeah. friend to both me and to you guys. And uh, I also want to say that I, one of the stories, and this wasn't the last time I was in Vegas, but uh, there was a, a night that you and I hung out at Brooklyn Bowl Vegas. Ace was playing. Yeah. And we, I just had such a great time, and uh, I love it out there, Alex. So the next time I'm in Vegas, we got we got to, you know, Absolutely. we're gonna we'll take COVID into consideration, but we definitely got to hang out again. That was such a great night. I remember being at the bar with Coogan and Chris Wise, and I was backstage, and I saw you on your day sheet the bus call time, two fifteen a.m., and it's like two twenty-five, yeah. and I'm like, hey Scott, He's like what? I go, yeah. you're ten minutes late for bus call. Yeah. What? <laughs> I go, I go, Chris, that's, it's, it's in me. It's what I do. You know, I'm always in road manager mode. And I'm like, I, I go to my girlfriend. Yeah, I go, right. did, I just, did I just yell at them to get on their bus? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> but yeah, that was a great night. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> so Alex, when do you think we might hear new no, quiet that, And Alex, What's that? Alex, when do you think we might hear new quiet riot music? I mean, I really, I, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. And again, a lot of it has to do with when the world opens back up and everything, because it's not, it's really, it's a really weird decision to put out music when you can't tour on it um, and tour on it for real. And, um, you know, and, and also, you know, make sure it's, it's, it's done right. You know I mean? You know, we want to, we want to, you know, make sure, make sure everything, it's the right time. Everything's done right. I mean, you know, we've had to miss a lot of, you know, I mean, we really haven't had a ceremony for Frankie yet because of COVID. I mean, there's, it's everything's still, everything's been right. such, so locked down. There's still a lot, there's still a lot to be done as far as closure goes and whatnot, but uh, we're making the best of it. And um, Frankie's wife, Regina, has sort of taken over everything and doing an absolutely amazing job. She's, she's like heart, you know, really, really good at what she does. So it's just, um, it's it's a it's a tight little tight tight knit, tight knit family and I think it's going to be done very very well so far based on what I've seen so very excited and I'm really glad we're going I'm really glad we're continuing you know I'm really glad because I know Frankie that was his baby yeah, me too know? me too for sure and that was something that you discussed with Frankie I imagine that would have been a difficult conversation well it was it was never flat out discussed but he just kept accepting dates and he he told me he goes look when you know when i can't play the band can do you know he the, you know, the trademark sewn up this and that it was always just business as usual like it's going to keep going and um yeah it was you know he he 
he he wanted to. I mean, let me let me put it this way. One of the last conversations we had, he emailed me and said he about a show that was booked for like August of 2021. He he, he oh. said something like, I, you know, I won't be there, but you have you're you're playing in Wyoming on the 21st of August. So something like that. It's like kind of making a little joke about it, but I mean, wow. he handled it so he handled it so bravely and so well. I mean, it's really, I mean. I don't know too many guys that could have fought the way he fought that thing. I mean, he gave it a run for it. So, I mean, it really did. The kind of cancer he had was gnarly, dude. I mean, he was stage four pancreatic is no joke. And he, he was given three to six months to live and he did 18 months. Wow. Um, I mean, and, and he was still playing drums after 12 wow. months, you know? Wow. Still banging wow. on the drums. Amazing. Right on. Well, Alex, it's great connecting with you here. Um, where's the best place people can get in touch with you online? Um, I'm on Instagram. It's Alex Grassi1976, and I'm on. I have a couple Facebook pages too. So, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, the, I'm on there everywhere. My, you know, Twitter, Facebook. I don't know. You'll find me. Right on. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Alex. Great. And we look forward to. Seeing you back on the road with Hookers and Blow and Quiet Riot, hopefully, hopefully this year. Yes, actually, we have a, we actually we have a show in New Jersey, absolutely, um, in in March. Okay, well, so. we'll be there. Well, yeah, March, Alex, we'll definitely Mar be at that gig, no matter what. I I will I will for sure. It's in Vineland, New Jersey, March sixth at the Landis Theater. Mm, okay. Cool. Nice. Well, Alex, we're looking forward to it. And uh, again, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time thank out you to guys. do this. Uh, you, you've always been such a great dude, and uh, we will see you soon. And you got to come back on again. Absolutely, guys. Take rock and roll. Be right. safe, and hopefully, I'll see you in March. Yep, sounds good, Alex. Cool. Thank you. Take Bye. care, guys. All right, guys. All right. Alex Grassi of Quiet Riot and Hookers. Yeah, what, what a great guy, Alex Grassi. One of the nicest uh, musicians. Yeah, and to round things off tonight, we have a great, great guest coming up right now, Ricky Warwick, who has played with so many great bands, the Almighty, Black Star Riders, uh, the list goes on and on. He's got a great new solo record coming out shortly, so let's bring him on and talk to him about that. Hey, guys. He is. Hey, Ricky, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Ricky, nice nice to see you. Nice to see you guys. Doing Keep great, well. And let, let me say... Um, yeah, how you make it out during during this uh, difficult year? <laughs> I'm doing okay, thank you. Doing okay, you know, roof over my head, food in the fridge, everybody's well, so I'm blessed. Cool, and you're staying busy, it sounds like, with some great new music. The album is coming out next week, When Life Was Hard and Fast. This is just a great record. I mean, the songwriting is incredible. Thank I you. want to talk to you about that, but first let's... Let's uh, talk about who's playing on the record with you, the basic sure. band, not the special guests. Sure. Well, the, I mean, the meat, the meat and Potatoes band that we actually recorded the band with uh, is myself on guitar, vocals. Keith Nelson, uh, who people know from his Buck Cherry days, he co-produced and co-wrote the record with me. And then we've got uh, Xavier Muriel on drums. Xavier was, was in Buck Cherry for a while, too. And then on bass guitar, we got Robbie Crane from Black Star Writers. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Cool. And like I said, these nice. songs, they're so well crafted. They go different places. And I mean, you've always been such a great songwriter and, and you continue you. that tradition with Thanks. this record. How how did it come about you being a songwriter? Is it something you developed or <laughs> there skills that you had to study? Did you or is it just something that naturally comes out of you? I'm always fascinated 
by songwriting. Some people say, oh, it just came right out. Other people tell me, oh, we worked on this song for a year. You know, so how how, how sure. is songwriting for you as a craft? Uh, you know, I, as a kid, I was always, I was never drawn to the lead guitar player. It was the, it was the songs, it was the riffs, what made the, the overall sound of the song. Why did it sound like that? What was the structure? Why was he saying that? Why do those words rhyme? You know, that's what fascinated me and I was instantly drawn to that. So when I learned guitar and started really taking guitar seriously, as soon as I had three or four chords, I just wanted to, I started writing. You know, I was I was off. I was just writing. I just wanted to write. I mean, I had always sort of kept diaries as a kid and wrote poetry as a kid and and sort of kept it to myself. And then suddenly when I had the guitar, suddenly here was this extension of my soul that I could get these words out with music. And uh, it was just wonderful. And, you know, as I progressed and got older, you know, you then you start really analyzing the great singer-songwriters out there or the great writers, you know. So for me, it was obviously Phil and Thin Lizzy. You know, it was Joe Strummer in The Clash. It was Springsteen. It was Dylan. It was people with something to say, people that were writing stuff that, that made a difference. You know, for me, growing up in Belfast, there was a lot of punk bands like Stiffle Fingers that would write about the troubles in Belfast, which was relative to me as a kid at that time. So I completely just tapped into all that. Very cool. And we have some special guests that are quite impressive. Let's let's start with Andy Taylor of Power Station, Duran Duran sure. fame. How long have you known Andy and uh, what is he doing on the record? I've known Andy for about 30 years. Andy produced the second Almighty album way back in 1991. And we became friends and we've stayed in touch um, Andy took some time out to 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 you know see his family grow up. He lives uh, he lives in the island of Ibiza, and he hit me up about three or four years ago, and he started he started writing again, and he's made a solo record, and I co-wrote six of the songs on the solo record with him, which is coming out later this year, oh, and cool. he's just been a great great friend. He's a great writer, great guitar player, great singer, and so we were making the record. I was put getting the ideas together for when life is hard and fast, and I said, look, man, you know you got to return the favor. You got to play some guitar on on one of my songs and uh, he said, send it over. And I did. And he just ripped out this killer solo on the, on the track. I'd rather be hit. And he's just a good dude, man. He's a rock and roller. He's one of us. He's favorite bands, ACDC, you know, people get that misconception. Oh, he's a, the new romantic Jude and Duran Duran. And he's so much more than that. So much more than that. Yeah. And you could always hear that in his guitar playing. I mean, even if you go back yeah. and look at power station or, what was that? His uh, first yeah. solo record, Thunder, I think. Was uh, Thunder, yeah. Great, yeah. great record. Yeah, really cool. Good stuff. Joe Elliott, a uh, guy you've worked with before, and I believe you've had a long time friendship with. He's involved with the yeah. record. Can you talk about that involvement? Yeah, you know, Joe's, again, somebody I've known a long time. I, I, I was even best man at Joe's re wedding. He's a great friend of me. He's, he's my mentor. He's my bro. He produced the first two solo Ricky Wari records. Um, Listen, you know, you're not going to argue with a guy that sold 150 million albums, so he's my sounding board. So when I'm working on something, I'll send him it over and go, what do you think? And he, he's always brutally honest honest with me, and that's what I love about Joe. I don't always agree with his opinion, but I know I'm going to get a real honest uh, opinion out of him. And he's just been a great supporter of mine and a great friend over the years and is always only too happy to help. And, you know, he it's not even me going to Joe. It's me, Joe's like, is there anything you want me to sing on? You know, anything you need me to do? He's that guy. And of wow. course, you know, when it's somebody like Joe Elliott with his experience wow. and the notoriety he has offers his services up, you're going to say yes every time. Right on. Right on. 
So, uh, Ricky, I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, working relationship with Keith Nelson, who uh, is sure. not only a great guitar player, but he's a great songwriter. And he's great yep. in the studio. And uh, if you can add one more thing on top of that, he's got a collection of vintage <laughs> Gibson guitars that I think is out of control. And I yeah. wanted to, I want to ask you about that. And so tell me a little bit about about Keith and these guitars. <laughs> That's what swung it. I don't really like Keith. I just like his vintage guitars. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a funny story, you know, and directly and, and, and directly Damon Johnson, who I'm sure you guys know Damon Johnson. He was in Brother Kane and obviously in Black Star Riders. Yeah. When Damon left Black Star Riders, we're obviously we're looking for a guitar player. And Richard Fortas from Guns N' Roses, who's a good friend of mine, called me up and said, you know, Keith Nelson's just left Buck Cherry. You should ask Keith. He's great. You know, I think he'd really work out good for you guys. And I had never met Keith. This is three years ago i'd never met him um but obviously i was aware of him and knew he was a great guitar player so i got his number and i called him up and we arranged to meet in barney's beanery in west hollywood early in the morning and keith turned up and he walked in and he said you know before we go any further I, I just want to tell you i'm not the guy for you i'm not going to take this gig and i was like all right well what the hell are you doing here then you know what what he said look he said i love the band i love black star riders you know i'm done touring that's one of the reasons i'm off you know i left buck cherry he said but out of respect, I wanted to come and tell you face to face and the whole thing. So anyway, we get talking and there's definitely some chemistry there. You know, both blue collar working class boys, a love of the same music, a love of the same rock and roll, a love of vintage guitars. And Keith said to me, look, I got a studio, you know, I'm, I'm writing, I'm producing these days. Why don't you come over? Let's, let's just work on a song, have some fun. And I did. And we, we, I went over and we actually wrote the song Fighting Heart, which is, which is on the record. I took the demo home. I listened to the demo. Right. I was I was blown away. I called him up. I said, Keith, I said, I got more than enough stuff, ideas to make a solo record. Would you co-produce it with, with me? Would you um would you co-finish co-writing with me? He said, Let's go, let's do it. And that's where the whole thing got started. And you know, he's become one of my dearest friends now. And I love working with a guy because like you said, he's just he's he's a demon in the studio. He's a great songwriter, great guitar player, and we had so much fun making this record. So much fun. Very good. And again, the record is When Life Was Hard and Fast by Ricky Warwick. Uh, great stuff. Um, I do want to ask you one other question about the the, the album, but it just, uh, it just just popped into my mind. One of the only interviews I've ever been to where the guy I was interviewing uh, offered me a beer, and that was you uh, when you were in New York City. Uh, we were at like a midtown <laughs> Midtown Manhattan, uh, like hipster hotel, like Ace Hotel or something like that. I don't know if you remember. Right. Was that yeah, was like five that for, years ago. Was that, for so. a black, was that for a Black Star Riders record? Yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah, definitely. You see, that that's the Irish hospitality in me. I don't know why everybody doesn't do that. You know, you've, you've a guest come in somewhere, <laughs> you, you offer them a drink. You know, with me, it's always probably going to be alcoholic. But, you know, hey, you get, you know. That's not that's no bad thing, right? <laughs> right on. Well, that that uh, definitely I is love a good that. way to I win over it. the interview. But <laughs> let's talk about the album cover because there's an interesting image on the album album cover. It looks. Tell, tell me about that. It's like a crashed race car. Is that like a actual historic photo or scene? Yeah, I'll try and condense this story down for you. It's a scene from a a road race that happened in the in the late twenties and thirties. In Ireland, um, it was called the Arts TT. It was huge. It was like an NASCAR Formula One race of its day. Obviously, those guys were just driving real primitive cars, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour, but with no protection, with the old leather helmets and the goggles on. And it was a road race. So they were they were racing on the old racing on you know c civilian roads. 
And the race actually looped around the town that I grew up in. And that scene that you see right there is my grandfather's farm with all the spectators standing on one of his fields. He used to rent the fields out to the spectators to watch the race. And that crash scene is actually at the foot of one of those fields with the spectators watching it. And, you know, m my father remembers it because he was four or five, six years old when he was a kid. He would watch these, these races and he told me the great stories about them. So I became infatuated with it. And then when we wrote When Life Was Hard and Fast, I thought, you know, this ties the whole thing in, the whole imagery of those old races that, that are so close to my family and, and what my family grew up with. Um, so it's a photograph that's got some family history in it as wow. well as just a, as well as just a great iconic image of how, how crazy those guys were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And, and before we let you go, I definitely so cool. have to ask you how I, Scott Gorham is doing and are yeah. any plans for any more black star writers material? Scott Gorham is bored out of his brains. Is he? Okay. Uh, he is. He's doing very well. He's locking down. You know, Scott's a, <laughs> a, little, Scott's a little bit older. Um, he's missing everybody. He's over in London. That's where he lives. Uh, but I talked to him the other day. He's in good form. He's bored. He's ready to roll. He's ready to get back out there. We have written the next Black Star Writers album. It's done. It's demoed. We're just waiting oh. to, for, when, for when it's safe that we can all come together and get into the studio, which will be here in L.A. with Jay Rustin again. And, and actually record the thing. So I'm hoping this summer we'll be able to get in and get it recorded. Wow. Well, that's great news. That's great news. You've always delivered such great nice. music with Black Star Thank Riders. you. And Thanks, uh, John, any anything else before we let Ricky go? Yeah, I, I got I got one more question. Yeah, I got one more question. And this is like my type of question, which there's only be a small amount of people who understand this. But Ricky, I have to ask you. So I'm Go listening to You Don't Love Me. And and I, I'm thinking that this song is is great. And I, 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 you know, I love it. And then when you hit the chorus, you go to what I what I think is a, a Motown influence beat where the snare is on all fours. And I went, man, when I just thought this song couldn't get any cooler, it got even cooler with that, that <laughs> chorus figure. And you, where did wow, that come from? Oh, uh, man, well, you nailed it. You know, I, wow, that, that, you nailed that. That's amazing, John. Thank you so much. Um, and Keith wrote, Keith wrote the chord structure for that chorus. I wrote the verse and then Keith came in with the chord structure for the, the chorus. And then I, I'm obsessed by Motown and I'm obsessed with, with Northern soul music. Um, it's right up there with hard rock with me, my two favorite types of music. And, you know, if you listen to a song like Testify or Say Goodbye by Black Star Riders, that's hugely influenced by Motown and Northern Soul. The melodies and the playing and, and the backbeat and the feel of those songs, um, you know, from the Wrecking Crew that played and a lot of that stuff, that what they have is just incredible. And uh, I'm hugely influenced by it. And I still, I'm going to admit, it, I steal a lot of my melodies from all Motown stuff, you know. And you, and you crank up the guitars behind uh -huh. them, you got, it's like, come on, you know, what's not to like? So fair play to you for picking up on yeah. that. And, it was totally, uh, totally meant, and and you. and you know we, we we definitely went went for that feel and that chorus, and uh, you know again kudos to Keith for coming up with such a great chord structure in the chorus, and uh, kudos to you for recognizing it. Thank you. Cool, and thank you, Ricky, for all the great. Thank music. you so much, Ricky, and we also got to so tell you that. Yeah, and we are uh, you know just thankful and thanks for the beer. Appreciate it. Uh, next time, yeah. man. And Ricky, Here we got to tell you that Ricky Rackman <laughs> says hello. He was our first guest tonight, ah. and he said, make sure you tell Ricky that I said hello. Oh, man, Ricky. I well, I love him. Right back at him, man. I hope he told you the story about he was the uh, the first guy to bring the Almighty to play at the Cat, the cat Club in, in, in um, the Cat yeah. House in Hollywood. Yeah. 
Ricky, yeah, he mentioned Ricky brought us. Yeah, yeah he absolutely. brought us over right, right at the start of our career. He, so ever indebted to Ricky for that. But he's he's a great dude, as you guys know. He's killer. Yeah, absolutely cool. Thank you, Ricky. We appreciate your time, and we wish you all the best of luck. We can't wait to get you back here in the New Jersey, New York area. We're ready to rock. Me too. Thanks, guys. All the best. Be safe. Be well. Absolutely, Ricky. You too. All right. Thank Thank you, you, Ricky. Take care, brother. All right, John. Well, man, he is so cool, Mark. Yeah, good good show tonight. Nonstop action. So the way it should be. Cool. John, let's uh, let's remind people about your website, astronomy.net. Is still still up there and rocking, yep. right? Everything John <laughs> yeah, has ever up. done I, I is at astronomy.net. Yeah. Yeah, you know, up up until 2016, I haven't updated that website since 2016. But but that's everything I've done from uh, from the beginning of time until 2016. And uh, one of these days, I'm gonna um, you know create a new website, astronomy. Maybe it'll be astronomy 2021. How about that? There you go. Astronomy 2021. We hope you get back out there on the road with your band, Like It. Uh, where can people connect with Like It online? Yeah. But- so so you can connect with Like It at like-it-online.com. So it's basically Like It Online with hyphens. So I say like-it-online.com. You can download or you can stream our songs on YouTube for free. And uh, if you want your own digital MP4 or MP3 files, whatever they are, you can you can purchase them on the site and, and they get emailed to you. So, uh, uh, But you can, you can just go on YouTube and, and listen to the stuff for free. And uh, I designed a, a specific single cover for each of the songs. And I, I'll tell you the truth. I, I mean, the songs are great, but I, I have to say that I think these covers are really cool. So if you haven't yet seen uh, the the covers of the My Way and the Bump and Grind and the Mommy LSD is A-OK and the Doing It singles, uh, check those out because uh, they're 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 uh, you know, they're, they're meant to be a little bit funny. And uh, I think they came out great. So check that out. Very cool. Great, great songs. I've always been a fan of those songs. So definitely do yourself a favor. Thank like you. dash Thank it dash. Wait, what is it like? Like like dash it. It's like the band is called like it. So and the website is like it online. So to, to spell it out, it's L-A-K-E dash I-T dash online dot com. Yeah. Very simple. But for me, complicated. But yeah, uh, cool. Well, we nah, will, okay. uh, link- you know what? We, we, we um we want to thank uh, all the people that uh, put the show together, and I, I just want to apologize for having uh, some kind of internet problems, which is why um, I might have seemed slightly frustrated uh, throughout the interview, and why sometimes we talk over each other because uh, everything is coming at me at uh, delays, and so I can see you talking, but then I don't hear it for a minute. And then when I don't hear you talking, I start talking, and then and then everybody's talking on top of each other. So, uh, but what we'll have to do is uh, we'll we'll uh, figure it out for next time. And uh, but we we still want to thank everybody because having having the crew with Marcy and Andrew and everybody it, it makes this so much more fun, uh, even when it doesn't go quite uh, perfectly. Uh, and and let, let's not their fault; it's my fault because I've got some kind of weird internet problem in my uh, new place. So. Uh, we'll work on that for next time. So thanks for bearing with us. Thanks to Delilah for. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, think it was uh, that noticeable. Uh, I mean, like, I, uh, I one of the people that hooked. 
Okay, I good. I didn't notice it that much on my good. end. Good, perfect. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, oh, thanks good. to everyone, uh, you know, that helped out with tonight, Marcy and Andrew and the whole gang. So we really appreciate your your help, Sophia and everyone, JP. And that'll do it for tonight. We're gonna we're gonna call it an evening and hopefully come back in well three four weeks. Maybe we'll be back with another one of these. Absolutely. And you know what? The good news, guys, is that I I believe that um, eventually, and maybe it was the whole time, uh, this did pop up on uh, my Facebook page, my main Facebook page. But I I think I think there's a chance that it it uh, initially. Uh, oh yeah, it's up there. I can see it. on one of my. Yeah, it's up there now. But I, I actually think only the last thirty minutes was up there, and I, I think that uh, maybe like the first hour was on one of my other Facebook pages, and and that is whose fault is that? My fault because I have six Facebook pages. So we'll get that right the next time too. And and if you're tuning in on the main John Astronomy Facebook page, uh, we will we will put a link to the full version of this. And then of course, Mark will clean this up like he always does. And we'll put like a nice, perfect version out there on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it looks like, I'm, I don't know. I'm seeing it on your Facebook page, but uh, cool. All right, guys, that'll yep. do it. We'll see you next time. Every Tuesday. Okay. Thanks everybody. And, uh